So I will, since I'm substituting, since I, it's not, I'm not, I wasn't scheduled to speak, so I, I will um, relate to you a, um, how should I say it? Usually, when a speaker gives a lecture, he picks a subject and elaborates on the subject. That's the best way to do things. Take a subject which you feel is important and elaborate on it and discuss it and really, you know, pull through till the end. But I won't do that today. Maybe because I'm substituting, maybe because I'm, maybe I'll try to make it a little easier for you people maybe for myself, I would like to tell you today, and I once uh, discussed this in previous uh, lectures, maybe some of you heard of it, heard it, and I'll, I'll say it over again. I would like to relate to you today five, not less, five, good ideas, foundations, and very important advice in our pursuit for Yiddishkeit, for Judaism, for mitzvahs. Now, usually when you want to relate many, uh, you know, a, a, a chain of, of items, so it's very important when you have a string of pearls, what's most important is the string, is the pearls. But you have to have a string to hold them together. Because if you don't hold them together, then they fall apart. So, I'm going to tell you a, a paragraph which really is related in a safer which really discusses Seder Satayra, the hiddens of Torah. But I will use this paragraph, <coughs> I will use this paragraph, and the language is beautiful language, as a jumping point to tell you five good pieces of advice, as I had mentioned in Judaism. The paragraph discusses the heavens above. <coughs> in the heavens above, we find that they are the greatest, highest, most beautiful messengers of, of Hashem, of the Almighty of Hashem, how they are excited to do Hashem's will. And the paragraph describes them as follows. It says, Tzipiyosam, their look, if you want to, you see them from far, Kemari Habozok, like a flash of lightning. That's how they're described. To see them from far, like a flash of lightning. And they reach far, far to the endlessness. Well, I, I skipped one. And Hashem talks to them back and forth. And they run after Hashem's words like a storm wind. And they bow down to His throne. Now let me repeat it again. 
Shipiyoson Kemari Habozok. When you look at them from far, it's like a flash of lightning. Vitachlisam Elehem Kates. They reach endlessness without end. Udvari Bohem Kibirat Sevishoif. Hashem speaks to them back and forth. The Ma'amorah Kesufa Yerdoifu. They run after Hashem's words like a, like a, 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 like a storm. And they bow down to his throne. This is a paragraph in Sefer Yitzirah. In the book of creation, it was written by Avram Avinu. Isn't that exciting? It is. <laughs> now, these words are the hiddens of Torah. This is not for people like myself, or, like, or maybe, maybe for you. Maybe there's some hidden tzaddik over here. But I want to use these beautiful words as a jumping point for five very important pieces of advice. Which, relevant, which, which relate to us and our smallness. And I will go them one by one, and I'll tell you all five of them, I hope, I'll get to get there. Let us use the first one. Tzipiyosan Kemari Habozok. When you look at far, you see like a flash of lightning. Now this is a very important message to us. Let me tell you what the message is. Every one of us is inspired to do great things. We all want to be great. I'm sure everybody would, would want to be a great person. Our problem is that many times our inspirations are just too much for us. We just can't get there. A person, any one of you would love to be a wonderful tzaddikis. I would love to be a gewaldik tzaddik. I would, I would, I would love to be a, a tzaddik like, like the Chofetz Chaim. I would love to be a Talmud Chochnak or Bikiveh Eger. I would love to be so. But it's just too much for me. So if it's too much for me, what you do is you just give up. And you don't do anything. And that's a mistake. Tzipiyosam, if you have inspirations, kamari habozak, like a flash of lightning. If you can't catch it all, catch a flash of it. Now, let me bring you an example. Imagine, a lady's on the phone, and she's talking to a friend, and her friend says, you know what Malki did last night? And she knows, here comes Lashon Hara. Now, at this moment, she's able to say, you know, I, I, I would love to hear, but, but there's a cake in the oven and it's burning. You know, I call back tomorrow morning. And hangs up the phone and runs to the cake. Now, she, she's able to overpower at that moment and not talk Lashon Hara. But she says to herself, you know, am I going to become a tzaddikist? That means I'll never talk Lashon Hara. And I know good and well that if I don't talk Lashon Hara now, I'll talk Lashon Hara tomorrow anyways. So I might as well hear the story. That's a mistake. Now, if you realize that never to talk Lashon Hara is greatness, once not to talk Lashon Hara is a flash of greatness. And a flash of greatness is also greatness. If you can't catch it all, catch a lightning. And there's a very essential point. My mother always tells me a story. This goes back in America, this goes back 70 years ago. My mother came to America around 70 years ago. My brother was born in Tzfas. My grandfather came, had to run away from Eretz Israel. And he was a very big tzaddik, really a very big tzaddik. My mother is a very big tzaddik, because she should be healthy. Well, first of all, she's my mother's, so that makes her a big tzaddik. <laughs> 
But my mother is the only girl that went from America, traveled from America to Sarashnir to learn Torah in Poland by Krakow, by Sarashnir, by Sankif. But that's not, but that's not what, what I came to tell you the story. My mother always tells me the story that she had, that when she was a little girl, they lived in the east side, this goes back 70 years, just about 70 years, 68 years. So she, there was a friend, a non-religious girl, that was <coughs> going back to the east side 70 years ago. You know, it's not like today. 70, yes. <laughs> my mother today, my, my name is Pincus, Chava Pincus. And before she was married, her name is Chava Weinberg. Well, this is a for many years. Huh? Hilda Weinberg, do you know, in the Grand Street? 504 Grand Street. That was my grandmother. Coming back to the story, this young lady was, was coming close to, to my grandfather's family, and she was, you know, you know, she was started keeping the mitzvahs, but she had only a mother, didn't have a father. The mother wasn't well, she had to support her. And in those days, if you didn't work on Shabbos, you couldn't get a job. You couldn't get a job. So she would travel on the bus on the subway. She would travel, probably those days it was a trolley, I don't know. And she would travel to work. So, <clears throat> my, grandmother, my grandfather told her, my grandfather used to tell her, look, if you have to travel on Shabbos, I say you don't have to travel on Shabbos. But if you feel you must travel on Shabbos, at least, at least, don't carry anything else besides the two, the, the two pennies that you need to pay. And what happened was, this little girl, this young girl, she would take along with her two pennies, she would empty out her pockets, travel on the subway, and either she would walk back, in the morning she had to get there, but she would walk back for two hours, or she would stay till Matzah Shabbos. My grandfather told her, if you can't keep Shabbos 100%, keep Shabbos as much as you can. And of course, you all imagine, that the end of the story was, it didn't take very long till she found a job, and she kept Shabbos 100%, and she became a kosher Jewish girl. But that's really an exaggeration. But, but because that's for sure, that keep as much as you can. But even in our greatness, and let me tell you another example. In Yerushalayim, there was a great tzaddik, and his name was <coughs> Rav Bengis. Rav Bengis was a, was a genius, and he was a boki bishas. He knew the whole Torah. And more than anything, he was a masmid, he was diligent. And he would learn and learn and learn. And every three months, or every four months, he would make a siyum, make a party, he finished shas. I don't know if you people know what it means to finish shas. I'm very humble, but I, I, I must say the truth, I never, I, I didn't, I'm, I'm called rabbi, I didn't finish us. I hope, I'm working now to finish us. It's a lifetime job. And he was a, he was a very diligent, many big tzaddikim in our generation never finished us. I'm sorry to say so. And he was a masmid, he finished us many, many times through his life. One time he finished us. Made a, made a party. And two weeks later he makes another party, finish us. So the rabbi say, the, the students say, Rabbi, you finished in two weeks Shas? He says, no, there's something else completely. When I finished Shas two weeks ago, this was, I, I sat and learned, I have my, 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 my Zdarim, I learn every day, my hours, and I finish Shas. But I have a special, special setup. You know, I'm a rabbi, they invite me to a bris. So, I come, and the, child, the baby didn't come yet. So, I wait five minutes. 
I come to a wedding. I have to wait for the chosen, for the kala. Here I wait five minutes. Here I wait two minutes. So I have a whole. I have a special stater. Five minutes here, two minutes here, three minutes here, ten minutes here. I learned and learned. I finish us. Now I don't know if you appreciate that's greatness. That's mamish greatness. That's mamish greatness. A person should be able to utilize every moment. When I, with all the respects to, 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 the, to the lecturer who's speaking to you today, when I come to a wedding and I have 10 minutes, so I say to myself, if I would know that these 10 minutes would be added to another 5 minutes, another 3 minutes, 2 minutes, and I would finish us, I would also do it. But I know good and well, I'm excited now, tomorrow I'll be tired. Just one time to learn for 5 minutes, not worth it. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. Because if you realize that if you always watch these two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, it's greatness, one time is a flash of greatness. I think you all know many, 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 many women say Tehillim. Many women say Tehillim. Many women don't say Tehillim. You know why they don't say Tehillim? Let me tell you why they don't say Tehillim. Because they say to themselves, that lady, she says Tehillim, the whole Tehillim, once a week. Once a week she says the whole Tehillim. I tried many times. I know good and well that if I would be diligent and every week finish till I would say till him. But I know it's good and I stay one capital, two capital, three capital. And I get and, and then I have time and the week goes by and it's over. Eh, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna accomplish it. I'm not gonna accomplish it, leave it alone. That's a mistake. If to say the whole Tehillim is greatness, to say one peric is a flesh of greatness. Catch greatness by flashes. A lightning. Now, let me continue. Really, this subject should be a whole lecture. But as I told you today, I'm going to condense five lectures today. My second, the second piece of advice that says here is as follows. How far they go, endless. Now this is a piece of advice, exact the opposite. Sometimes we don't do things because they're too great for us. It's, it's way, way above us. So the piece of advice that we learned was, if it's above you, if you can't catch it all, catch a flash. Catch a flash of it. Sometimes we don't do things because it's too small for us. Not because it's too great for us, but just the opposite. It's too tiny for us. We don't, we, don't make, we don't make an issue out of it. Now let me bring you an example. We know that Hashem is Barach, our Almighty Hashem, our wonderful dear Father in Heaven, our Kodesh Baruch who loves us so much, we love Him. We know that He's very, very great. He's very, very great. Now, with His greatness, David HaMelech said, he lowers himself down to see the heaven and earth. Which means he's way, way above the highest heavens. At the same time, there's nothing too big for Hashem. Hashem can do anything. At the same time, there's nothing too small for Hashem. Just nothing too big for Hashem, nothing too small for Hashem. Let me bring you an example. 
Let me bring you an example. Now, you see, we have here, you're sitting around here in the Shalhevis office, very nice Mokum beautiful place, right? And by, by nature, a person enjoys a nice atmosphere. So here are the pictures on the wall. So do you have a picture of Rabbi Yisrochaim Zonefeld, a picture of the Chazonish, a picture of the Ger Rebbe, and here you have a picture of Koisel Marovi. Isn't that nice? You see around this picture of Koisel Marovi, you see? A little black frame. You see? Why is this put here? It adds a little taste to it. Right? Who put it here? Really, Hashem put it here. Everything comes from Hashem. Hashem, the great Omari Hashem, has nothing to do but just to come down and to, and just to give a little extra taste. You know, I think when I go buy a tie sometimes, you have a tie, you have blue and white stripes, and then there's a little, little pink stripe. It adds a little chen. Hashem, Hashem has nothing to put, put it there. Sometimes you have a dress, a little extra button. And the answer is, there's nothing too big for Hashem, nothing too small for Hashem. Hashem will do everything to make you feel good, to make us happy, and there's nothing too small for Hashem. When it comes to our life, the same thing is true. The first advice that we had was, there shouldn't be anything too big for us. If you can't catch it all, catch a piece of it, a lightning. The second advice is nothing too small for you. Let me bring you, I always bring this example. You have mommy sitting in the kitchen, standing in the kitchen, and she's busy making, she's making, preparing Shabbos. And the little boy comes into, little boy comes into, into mommy and says, Mommy, I want a drink. So what does mommy do? Mommy gives him some water and syrup. You know, some water and syrup. So mommy puts some syrup in the glass. And spills some water and says, Yankala, here, make a bracha. Is that a mitzvah? It's a mitzvah. But, Mami doesn't have the time and the thought to take a spoon and to mix it up. You know, Yankala will, will survive without me mixing it up. So I'll drink the water and it comes down a little bit too sweet. Alright, nothing's going to happen to my Yankala. Is it a mitzvah to make, it, to make it a little more tasty? It's a mitzvah. If it's a mitzvah, do it. It's not a great mitzvah. It's not an earth, an earth-shattering mitzvah. You have two boys in the yeshiva. I don't know if you ever learned in a, in a dormitory, but I, I, lived in, I learned in a dormitory in the yeshiva. And there's a, a pot of tea on the, on, on the, whatchamacall, a pot of tea on the table. And one boy, he wants to have a glass of tea, and he touches it and he sees it's not hot. He says, eh, I don't need it. Imagine the other fellow would pick himself up, and go and bring a new pot of tea to give his friend a glass of hot tea. Now this boy, he's not dying from thirst. If he'd be dying from thirst, he could drink lukewarm tea. Obviously, he's not very thirsty. It's just he would enjoy a glass of hot tea. Now let me ask you something. Do you think if he would, if he would bring a fresh glass of tea, do you think after, he, after his 120 years, someone would say, Oh, that was such a tzaddik. That he used to, in the yeshiva, he would walk. No one would see it, and no one would mention it, no one would remember it. It's a clean, a small, microbe mitzvah. Hashem sees it. There's nothing too big for Hashem, nothing too small for Hashem. And the same is true as we brought a marshal. Many times, 
A person has time to say a parak of Tehillim. Let me just say a marshal. Have time to say a parak of Tehillim. There's two reasons why you don't say it. Because you say it to yourself like this. If I'm going to say a parak of Tehillim, that means I'm going to become a Tehillim Zogar. That means I'm become a big tzaddikis. I say Tehillim. It's too big for me. So I don't do it. Sometimes exact opposite. One parak of Tehillim. Ah, what's going to do one parak of Tehillim? Especially without Kavanah. It's too small for me. Both are mistakes. If it's too big, catch a flash. If it's too small, do it anyways. There's nothing small. And this is the beautiful expression. Tzipiyosan, if you have a faraway look, Kamari Haboza, catch a flash, a flash of a lightning. Vitachlisan, how far should you go? Elikates, there's no end how far you should go. There's nothing too small for you. Excuse me for, for saying, for bringing this marshal. You say the Sherish said, I, 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 hope, I hope you appreciate this marshal. He says, when I, would, when I walk in the street and I would see on the floor, excuse me for saying it, someone spit and there's some saliva on the floor and it's not, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not nice to see. I wouldn't walk by. I'd take my foot and I would, and I would rub it out. Why? So the person after me shouldn't feel, you know, disgusted by it. I didn't do it. It's not, it's not such a great grand mitzvah, but a small mitzvah. The next person who comes by, he should feel good. It's a small mitzvah. The next person should come by, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't, he shouldn't. And so many times, that our, even in our own homes, with our own family, a small little thing, a, to, to, to set something up, to make someone feel good. And it's not going to make that real, you know, that earthquake, that earth shattering difference. To say hello to someone. By the way, this is not my point. You'll never know what a small thing could do somebody. I want to tell you a story. If you, did, if you heard this story, you'll hear it again. It's a true story. I heard this from the Rosh Hashiva Tifrach. He knows this uh, Rosh Hashiva in Bnei Brak. A very, I don't know who it is. But the Rosh Hashiva Tifrach, I do know, he told me he knows who it is. The story goes like this. This Rosh Hashiva learned Yeshiva's Ponovish. Now he's, he's, uh, he's my age. One day he got a, a, a letter from a Rav Choshva Talmud Chochm, a big rabbi in, in Switzerland, with an invitation and a ticket, please come to my daughter's wedding. And he vaguely knew him when they were Bachram in Ponovish, he was a friend. He vaguely, vaguely knew him. And he all of a sudden he gets a letter and a ticket, come to my daughter's wedding. So my first wedding, I want you to come. So he called him up, he found his phone number, and he says, What's, what is this supposed to be? You know, we weren't that good friends. She says, you don't know how appreciative I am of you, let me tell you the story. When I came from Switzerland, at first I was a young boy, and I came to learn a Ponovish Yeshiva. I wasn't Matzliach, didn't go. And I was all broken up. I decided I'm going back home. I'm going to going back home. And I was the Talmud Chochem yet, if I would go back home, I wouldn't be a rabbi, I wouldn't be a Talmud Chochem, I'd probably be a kosher Jew, but for sure I wouldn't be a Talmud Chochem. And that day, that I decided I'm going to the, my parents said, if you want, go to the travel agent, buy a ticket, come home. And I was all broken up, I didn't have atzlacha, it didn't work out. And I was standing in the yeshiva, and looking at the yeshiva, deciding I'm going to the travel agent to buy a ticket. And you walked over to me, and my collar seemed, you know, was a little curled up. You straightened out my collar. You walked over and straightened out my collar. And, you know, I made like this. I felt so good. I said, still someone sees me and looks, me, looks at me and feels about me. I'm not going home. 
And I stayed in the yeshiva and he became a big Talmud Chacham and a big Rav. And, to, and then later, years later, when his first daughter got married, he, was, <laughs> he still remembered <laughs> that Jew, that, that Bachu, straightened out his collar. You could never know what a good word in the right time could do to somebody. You could never know. So when you see a stranger, sometimes we have this appreciation. You could never know what a good word could do to your own husband, to your own wife, to your own child, to your own mother, to your own father. You never know what a good word could do to your friend. Many times you understand, ah, you know, we, you'll never know. But really what I discussed now is off the point. Because what I'm trying to say, even small things are big. That's not the real point. The real point, even if it's small, do it anyway. Even if it's really small. The smallest mitzvah is a mitzvah. The smallest mitzvah is a mitzvah. A smile, a good good morning. So we know there's some people that need the smile. But the person who doesn't need the smile also appreciates the smile. And you never know who needs the smile. And the same is true when it comes to Hashem. If you have a minute, say a parak of Tehillim. On Shabbos, you have a minute, learn something. Open a sefer. It's not going to be earth shattering. There's nothing too small for Hashem and there shouldn't be anything too small for you. Now, again, this thing, this, this subject should really take up a whole hour. Yes? I, th- I think your point is that it is, that every whole thing is earth Yeah, but, but many times, but it is true. It is true. Yeah, it is earth shattering. It is earth shattering, but really, but really, if, if, if you, if you concentrate on the point that it's earth shattering, then many times you'll say, no, it's, 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 even if it's not, even if it's small, do something. Hashem does, does the really small things also. There's nothing too small for Hashem. See this little table? You see this? <laughs> everything is so, so much with chen. So much with everything Hashem does. So much chen. There's a pattern. Small things, you understand? Imagine this table would, be, would just be plain brown. So I'm, I'm saying election now, would I go bananas? Would I go crazy? No, I wouldn't go crazy. Would I have to go to a psychiatrist? No, I wouldn't go even to a psychologist. But it adds chen. You see, I look at it. It gives you... It adds chen. And Hashem's world is so full of chen. Full of chen. And every small... There's nothing too small for Hashem. So again, if you should also have the realization how, how important everything is. But even without that, there's nothing too small. Now, let us continue to the third piece of advice. Udvaroi bohem v'ratsoi v'shoif When Hashem talks to them, He goes back and forth. What does this mean? It means as follows. Hashem has a pattern that when He does us, when He brings blessing to us, and this pattern really is in the heavens of heavens also. That when Hashem gives blessing, it's like a lightning. It's a flash and pulled back. A flash and pulled back. A flash and pulled back. Now in our life, many times we notice. Sometimes we have, you know, you get blessings from Hashem. I don't want, I, I don't know how to discuss it in examples of people sitting here. But let me talk how I, how I appreciate it. When I was the yeshiva book, right? Many times the book comes to a yeshiva, and it's the beginning of the new zman, and everything is going beautiful. 
You know, sometimes everything really goes beautiful. He gets a good chavrusa, the first seder, and a good chavrusa, the second seder, and the maggot shir is just perfect, the one who really wanted, and the, the shir, he understands every word. And miracle of miracle, he even gets up in the morning to daven the, way, the, right, the right moment. And everything is beautiful and everything is fine. And a week goes by and two weeks go by and he calls up mom and he says, Baruch Hashem, this man started off 100% and everything is going and everything is nice. And what happens is many, many times, most of the time, after two weeks, three weeks, something, all of a sudden, bah, something crashes. All of a sudden, we call it in Hebrew a pancha, flat tire. Things were going so beautiful, so smoothly. All of a sudden, flat tire. So, you go to the mashgiach, you say, Mashgiach, why did this happen to me? Mashgiach said, probably this is kind of an Avera. He looks, I didn't do anything Avera. Didn't do anything wrong. The truth is, that's Hashem's pattern. That's how Hashem works. Hashem gives and pulls back. Gives and pulls back. Gives and pulls back. Why? Udvari bohem Hashem gives and pulls back. We don't have steady happiness. We don't have steady hatzlocha. There are good days and bad days. One day you feel good, one day you feel nasty. Sometimes you understand everything is going beautiful and all of a sudden it just explodes. Why? The answer is, the answer is as follows. We live in a world that this world needs an ashama. An ashama. Everything needs needs life the life of our world and our happiness is Hashem our connection with Hashem is tefillah is prayer to Hashem praying to Hashem that's our connection to Hashem all the pain that you find in this world all the pain that you find in this world the real object of pain is to cry out to Hashem the world is full of problems and from this world comes a steady cry to Hashem and this cry is what brings blessing and life and happiness to the whole world. And I say, I say, I want to make a statement. You all know, and it's written down in the Sefer Nefesh HaChaim, the ter- learning Torah is the life of the world. If a moment will ta- what happen, Let's say something happened. Imagine there was, let's say, such a, uh, an explosion, or I don't know how to even say it. Imagine a noise would, 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 and everyone for a second would stop learning Torah. The whole world. The whole world would stop learning Torah. At that moment, the world would turn into Tohu Vavon, into void, into to absolute emptiness. Because the world, the life of the world is Torah. And that's why the Svarim tell us that Hashem set up a world with different time when here is day and here is night. Right? When we sleep, when we are sleeping, now in Eretz Yisrael, they're just getting up. When we're getting up, they're sleeping, etc., etc. Why? When he's learning, he's sleeping. When he's sleeping, he's learning. And you know that the Rebbe Tzadikim, Rebbe Kotler, after Yom Kippur, after Tisha B'Av, used to make a very important notice right after the, the fast, used to sit down and learn Torah. And he would say, you know why? Because the world is trembling. Everyone is hungry. Everyone's running to eat. No one is learning Torah. The world is, hu- is hungry. The, wor- the world is trembling. I have to keep up the world. The world shouldn't fall in. 
Lebaran Kotler. He didn't mean the world's mamash going to fall in, but I have a schus keeping up such a great majority of the world. This is something which is which everyone knows. I'd like to add something which not everyone knows. This is something where I didn't see this any written in any book, but it's my own opinion. But I'm sure that it's right. If you would have a moment in this world, a moment of pure tranquility, everybody would be a moment of happiness. Imagine, every boy in the yeshiva really understands the Gemara. And every young lady finds the dress that she really likes. <laughs> and her father, the bank sends a statement with no minus. You have extra money in the bank. And the mother made a kugel for Shabbos, just like, you know, that, like her dream, like her grandmother used to make. A moment of pure happiness. Everybody in the world would smile. Imagine such a moment. At this moment, the world would be destroyed. There would be no world. Because at this moment, when no one is calling to Hashem, no one is crying to Hashem, there's no way for the world to abstain. The world will just become destroyed. What keeps up our world is all the little pieces of pain and all the big pieces of pain. So many people crying to Hashem, that's what keeps the world going. And the Gemara uses this language. The Gemara says, The little translation is as follows. When the rain comes down, so, the, so, so besides the water that comes down from heavens, the fountains below also become blessed. They also, also go up. The, wa- the water comes down from heaven and the water in the fountains go up towards, also towards the earth. And the expression the Gemara says, mm-hmm. A drop of rain will not come from heaven unless two drops will come up from the, from the Tohoim, from the deep waters. And the rem is, the secret is, a drop of rain, which is expression of all blessing, will not come from heaven Unless two tears from, from, from people, from a tzaddik or from a, any, any, any person, not only a tzaddik, will come up to Hashem with, with a cry for help. Now, when a person finds himself in a situation that he's happy and tranquil and everything goes good, that moment, this person is in terrible danger because he lost his neshama. When you're happy and everything is good, so you're not crying to Hashem. You lost your neshama. And Hashem has no way out besides, as we expressed, He gives and pulls back. He gives and pulls back. You know why? Because when He pulls back, you cry, you scream. He can give you again. And that is the pattern of our world. And since that is the pattern of our world, if you know the secret, then you are able to get away from this pattern with a very simple way. When Hashem gives and you become happy, become tranquil, keep on asking, ask for more. <laughs> Absolutely. Always be besimcha, but always be asking. There's a very famous word that Tadikim say, very, very famous word. You remember Leah Emanu had the first child, was called Reuven. The second was Shimon. The third one was Levi. And each one she, she gave a name. Reuven, Ra Hashem, Ba'on, Hashem, Sudam, and Pain. 
And then Shimon, Shama Hashem Kisnu Ani. Hashem heard that I'm in pain. Levi, Atu Yilovu Le'ishi. My husband will be with me. He'll always be at my side. Yaakov will always be with me. Now, she knew that Yaakov Avinu was supposed to have four wives. So she divided twelve into, into, into four wives. Each one have three. And all of a sudden, Hashem gives her a fourth child. So she says, Hapam oides Hashem. Now I say, thanks to Hashem. I got more than I deserved. And it says, Vatamoid miledis. And she stopped giving birth. And all the tzaddikim say, when she says, Hapam oida Hashem, I say, thanks to Hashem. She didn't ask for anything more. Vatamoid miledis. That was it. She should have said, I thank to Hashem. Please Hashem, continue giving me your blessing. Always ask for continued blessing. For yourself. For someone else. For someone else. When you thank Hashem for your health, ask Hashem that my neighbor, who's not so healthy, should also have health. Don't ever be in a situation, Hashem, thank you, I'm so happy, everything's alright. Always be in a situation of crying to Hashem. Always be crying to Hashem. Always asking Hashem. In our generation, it's not a hard thing. <laughs> we have so much to ask for. We have to know to appreciate what we get. But always be in a situation, never be, never be happy and tranquil what you have. Now this does not mean that you should ask for physical things. For another, you understand? To change the Shem, please I want to change my furniture, I want to change my drapes. That's not what it means. Please Hashem, I should daven better. Please Hashem, I should have a better understanding of Torah. Please Hashem, my children should be even bigger Tamir Chachamim. Please Hashem, my neighbors, please Hashem, we, our brothers and sisters out there should do tshuva, etc., etc. Always be jumping to Hashem. And this is what it says, the third piece of advice, Udvarei bahem b'ratzoi v'shoif. Hashem gives them back and forth. Why? Because if I give you, and you're tranquil, I have to pull away. So you should always be, be diving to Hashem. And I always say, that's why women by, by nature are always in pain. Either they're giving birth, or they're, or they're, or they're, or they're, or they're, or they're after a birth, or if they don't have children, then then they're really in pain. Men, very, 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 very long, long times are not in pain. Women are always in pain by nature, by nature. A little girl gets married when she's twelve years old. That's how Hashem created her. Today, in our generation, they get married eighteen, twenty. That's not the point. But she's supposed to be always in pain. You know why? And the little child has teething. The Gemara says, "Rov urbas chaylasin." Most pregnant women are sick. And the Ramah says that when she gives birth, for two years, she, her health doesn't return. Her health does not return for two years. In other words, every child, by nature, she's supposed to be, she's supposed to be weak and sick for, for three years. And her husband, you understand, he, you understand, he doesn't understand what she's what she, what she catching about. My wife told me this, you know, she said, my wife once told me this, she said, you, you know, you don't know me. But you should know I'm always in pain. So I said, right now you're in pain? She says, yeah. You don't know. I'm always in pain. You know why that is? Because a woman was created with an emotional heart. She's always supposed to cry to Hashem. That's her tafkit. Always to cry to Hashem. That's her tafkit. The men folk are supposed to learn Torah. And the women folk are always supposed to cry to Hashem. And I always say this, you know, on, on a Yom Kippur. Many times I have this feeling... Today, I don't, I don't feel so guilty because today when it comes to Yom Kippur, I'm a chazan. I'm the chazan from Kol Nidre, and I'm a chazan for Musaf, and I'm even a chazan for Ne'ilim. 
I always felt guilty. I always felt guilty. I told this my wife one time. Here, the women want to go to shul also. Could you imagine on Neila? You, you people know what it means to shul Neila. Everyone is screaming in such a Shema Yisrael and such a Kil Rachum B'chanim. Such excitement. And sometimes you have a young lady sitting at home. Just seen this thing. She's tied to the house. And she has three little pitzalach. And one wants to eat this bisli. One wants to eat some candy. And she feels like, like you know, she feels like a shmata. She feels like a shmata. And so imagine she would tell her husband, you know, maybe you'll change. Maybe you stay home now for needle and I go to shul. It's unheard of. But the real truth is, and I say this to the ladies, they should know this. All those fillers, all those prayers that are screaming in that shul, when they go up to the heavens, all of a sudden, they reach a door and the door is locked. Because the Gemara says that when after the Beis was destroyed, Kol HaSha'orim Ninalu, all the gates were locked. Chutz Mishare Demois, besides the gates of tears. And that little Fashlepta lady who's sitting at home and feels herself like two cents, and she's taking a machzer, and between baby to baby she's crying. And Hashem should give a good year for her and her husband and the children. That little tear goes up, opens the door, and all the tefillahs go through. Because that's what she was created for. She is the one who has the Shari Shemaim. She is the one who has the gates to heavens. And that's why she's always supposed to be davening. Always supposed to be davening. And when she davens, that she is the one who brings blessing to the whole world. And when she, feel, when she sees that she has a life of pain, of problems, etc., etc., she should know that she brings life and happiness and bracha and blessing to the whole world. Because if she'd be tranquil, if she, everything would be good, then we'd all be finished. The third piece of advice we said, the fourth piece of advice, we're going very quickly, as I said, each one of these pieces of advice could be a whole lecture. I'm a fourth and a fifth. The fourth is as follows. Kasufa And this doesn't a bit big, 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 big explanation. to Hashem's words, Kasufa They run like a storm wind. And it means in simple language, be excited. Don't be don't be passive. Be excited. If you're able to do a mitzvah, if you get up in the morning and you could say Moida Ani, you could wash your you could wash your hands. You could say, Even though you have sleepy eyes, say it with cheshik. Be excited. Because the malachim in heavens wanted our Torah. Every piece of Torah, every piece of Hashem is so delicious. Be excited. The worst thing is to be fashlofim. Always there should be thunder, always there should be lightning. Always there should be rain. Always it should be winds. Always be excited. Ayid. Ayid was always excited. And it's true. That's one of the reasons why Hashem gave us Sifka Sof, you know, sometimes you get tired of things. I gave, Hashem gave us a lot of color. A lot of, a lot of, a, a lot of variety. Here a Pesach comes. Isn't that exciting? A Pesach, it's exciting. You clean the house. You bring holiness. You bring cleanliness into the whole to the whole creation. And then a little seder, matzah, mur, a Shabbos. Be excited and learn how to be excited. 
The real truth is that when you get up in the morning and you take a piece of bread and you butter this piece of bread for your little child who goes to Cheder, if, you, if we would have the smallest realization how precious, really, in the simplicity, it's more than the Kohen Gadol in the Yom Kippur, the Kodesh HaKadosh, because this is for Torah. This is the purity of Torah. If I could be a mother of a child that learns Torah, if I could wife to a husband learns Torah, I could learn Torah myself. The, the fifth and the last piece of advice, and with this I will conclude. When they reached his throne, the throne of Hashem, they bowed down. Let me explain what this means. We just gave four pieces of beautiful advice. The first piece of beautiful advice was When you see something great and beautiful, catch it like a lightning. There shouldn't be anything too great for you. If I can't be 100% great, be 1% great, but catch every, every greatness to a, to, a, to a lightning. And then we discussed, don't be anything, nothing should be too small for you. The smallest mitzvah, do it, catch it. And always be asking Hashem. And always be excited. Imagine someone who did all these four things. So you know what he says to himself? Well, that's pretty nice. Could you imagine someone who reaches, reaches this greatness? And he feels himself very nice. Feels himself proud. And the end is, if you are Zaykh, if you have the schus to reach the Kisya covet, to really become close to Hashem, Hain Mishtachavim, fall down, bow down and realize how small you are. Don't become Balgaiva, don't become conceited, don't feel that you're great, don't feel that I daven, don't feel that I'm I'm excited. Reach humanity. Reach Anov. It's very interesting. Yecheskel Hanovi, we, we read this in Haftarah in the Shul on Shavuos. It's very, very beautiful words. Yecheskel Hanovi describes that in his prophecy, he saw the Merkava, he saw the chariot of Hashem. And it starts off, Parakalaf, it says, And the heavens opened, And I saw Marois, and I saw. I saw views and I saw of Elohim of Hashem. And he describes the angels and the chariot and the throne. A very long description. You know what the end of the last words is? Vo'era and I saw the apple alponai and I fell on my face. And whenever I come to these words, I say to myself, if I would see, I would say, no, what do you say to me? Isn't that great? Then I pick up my head and I say, now I'm worth something. That's not what Yechezkel did. No error of the apple upon him. I fell on my face. Many times someone does something great. Sometimes you do something really great. Do something nice. Do something good. You do a mitzvah. You do a chesed. You get excited. When you do something great, you reach Hashem's throne. The kissing are covered. Any greatness is Hashem. And when you reach Hashem's throne, realize... You, you, you follow what I'm saying? I want to tell you a word from Rabbi Tauber. In Brazil, Rabbi Tauber, you all know, you've heard of Rabbi Tauber so many times. 
I want to tell you a beautiful word that he said, which I, which I so much appreciate. The Pesach says, V'eschar al Hashem. And I, and I, and I, and I begged Hashem. So we know the Chazal say V'eschano. Why does it say V'eschano? Why does it say V'espalel? Chano in chinam. And I asked Hashem, please give me B'chinam. Give me, you know, Matnas chinam. Non-deserving. So Rashi says, Tzadikim always ask Hashem as if they're non-deserving. So, we always say, you know, they're like a very big tzaddikim. So even though he's such a big tzaddik, he deserves so much, so still he's non-deserving. He says, I don't deserve anything. Rabbi Taba says, not, 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 not even though he's a tzaddik, because he's such a tzaddik. And he brings a very beautiful example. Imagine, he says like this, imagine, a person's a very rich man. He has 10 million dollars. Rich man, 10 million dollars. Not in the bank, but he has houses and his properties and he has money and he has sh- stocks and shares. He's worth 10 million dollars exactly. And then something terrible comes up. Let's say there's a town, a city of 100,000 people that there was a terrible, terrible decree against them and Mamish, they're, they're in Sakona, in terrible times of being wiped out. 100,000 Jews. And he goes, and they tell him, if you bribe that king, or that, that pirates, 10 million dollars, you'll save 100 million Jews. He sells all his properties, he takes his 10 million dollars, and he bribes the king, and he saves 100,000 Jews. He comes home, he doesn't have a home, doesn't have a house. He's hungry, doesn't have what to eat. Doesn't have a piece of bread. He gave everything away for Hashem. There's two things this person could say. He could say to Hashem, look, Hashem, you know, I didn't really have to give away every last penny. I gave away every last penny to save your children. I think at least you should give me a piece of bread. I deserve a piece of bread. Or he could say something else. He could say, Hashem, you were so kind to me that you gave me the opportunity. Now I know that these 100,000 people that I saved, I didn't save them, you would have saved them anyways because that was your decree, but you gave me the opportunity that I could sell my properties. And I could have this mitzvah. When you gave me that mitzvah, that's chus, that ate up all my, I'm finished. I don't deserve anything more. So I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve a piece of bread. But please give it to me, you know, just for Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say, I brought down the Torah, and I did this, and I did this. But Shabbat said, I don't deserve anything. You gave me the opportunity to bring the Torah. You gave me the opportunity to take out the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim. You gave me so much opportunity. I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve even to ask you to come to Israel. Yisrael. But Hashem, I'm asking you as a present. There's two ways of looking at it. And that's what it says. If you do a big mitzvah, you shouldn't say, Hashem, well, I did such a big mitzvah, I deserve Hashem, if you gave me this chus to mitzvah, I don't deserve anything anymore. <laughs> it's a madriga, but it's a way of looking at life. It's a way of looking at life. Because, because when, when we look at life, that really, that we get everything from Hashem, as a good tatata, as a good delicious father, undeserving, then the Chazal tell us that, that, that the Sha'ari Brocha, the gates of Brocha open endless. Because if you ask Hashem what you deserve, Hashem makes a cheshem what you deserve. And if we make a cheshem what we really deserve, 
then we're we're in the red. If you ask Hashem, Hashem, I don't deserve anything, but please Hashem, give it just because of your, your loving kindness, then there's no end. And I just want to finish with this, with, with this Chazal. Chazal tells us that when Shrebedu came up to heaven, he saw treasures and treasures. He saw the treasures of the schar, of the reward for people who do chesed. He saw the treasures of the reward of people who learn Torah. And he saw one treasure was greater than anything. And he said, Hashem, what is that? Hashem said, this is the treasures that I give, b'chinam, just as a present. And then, when Moshe Beno had to come to ask, to go into Israel, he said, Hashem, I'm asking b'chinam. And you know what Hashem said? Hashem said, that's what people say, let us sneak into your house, and not sell them with eyes. That's what Hashem says. People say, you could have a snake come into your house. But not someone with the eyes. Because when he sees eyes, then he sees the most beautiful thing and he snatches it out. Hashem says, Meshach Rabbeinu, you saw the most beautiful thing that I possess. You got it. As if Hashem was saying, Meshach if you get this key, you got everything. If you get this key, you got everything. If you know how to ask this, if you can't call on this secret, that you ask Hashem, I don't deserve anything. I'm just asking you from your kindness, then, or, then you could, there's nothing that you, that, you can, that you can acquire. Everything you can get. And this is the most. This is the crown of everything. We sh- We have to. We have to do as much as we can. Always be excited. Even if it's small, do it. If it's too big for us, do a little bit of it. Do what you can. But the end of everything is be humble to Hashem and say, Hashem, I don't deserve anything. But please, you're so good. You're so kind. Give us matnas and all the gates are open. And I thank you for listening. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu should help. We should have everything. Cold type.